real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb and then smart again. I'm Helen Hong, and now from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. Nice to see you. Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics, and finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet the first of today's guests. Helen, who's up first? He was a correspondent on The Daily Show, a host of his own Sirius XM radio show, and currently tours the country as the opening act for Lisa Lampanelli, it's Frank DeCaro! Frank DeCaro! <laughs> Hello, Frank! Yay! Welcome, Frank. Hello! Great to see you. Nice to see you. Now, our, our listening audience doesn't know this, but it's, it's obvious for anyone here and who's known you for a long time that you have lost a lot of weight. I have lost 105 pounds. Wow. And, and you're looking at me and saying, you're not that thin now. How freaking fat were you? And how freaking fat were you? I, I looked like the Uncle Fester balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. That's oh. what I looked like. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And, I have not and been. very Better. dapper. Thank very you. dapper. Dap I thought it was for television. I assume everything is for television <laughs> now. Well, you look great. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, speaking of, of, of eating and food, you actually wrote a cookbook that uh, I, I'm still fascinated by. Tell us about the Dead Celebrity Cookbook. I did. It's still available and in print. Um, I did that. It's all that matters is Amazon. Wait, just to clarify, yes. the dead celebrity cookbook. Yes, I had been, I'm a bit of a hoarder and a collector, and I'd been collecting anything that had a celebrity recipe in it. And so I had all of these ancient cookbooks and all, and newspaper clippings and vintage magazines. And, and you have to, if you're a hoarder, you have to justify the hoarding by making something with it. And so I thought, well, I'll write the dead celebrity cookbook. And honestly, it came about because I was working at the doing a radio show, and the interns were all 12, basically. You know, they're, they're 20 <laughs> years old or whatever. And they don't know anyone I'm talking about. Yeah. And so I would say to them, look, if I have to know who Nicki Minaj is, you have to know who Ella Fitzgerald is. So that's just the game. That that's just the way doesn't we're seem play. like a fair trade at yeah. all. No, I know. No. <laughs> I'm glad you said that in that minute. No, so anyway, so I, I, it really was about, uh, it was love letters to, to dead celebrities. So it was, it was saying, here's why you need to know B. Arthur, and here's her vegetarian breakfast. And wow. Wait, so you actually have a recipe for something that Ella Fitzgerald cooked? I don't know if I have Ella, but I do, I have a lot of others. I have Eartha wow. Kitt for this time of year. I, do, I have a, you know, she's good. She's yeah. Always, and she's my favorite because she was a cat woman. You yeah. Know, so She's wow. Good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, thank that you. was great. Excellent. Uh, well, we'll look forward to hearing more from Mr. Frank DeCaro. Thanks Yay. for being here. <laughs> Helen, who is our next guest? She is a writer who writes movies, TV shows, books, and more. Her credits include Moana, Rick and Morty, and her own comic book, Slam. It's Pamela Ribbon. Pamela Ribbon! Hey, Woo! Hey, thank you. 
You've got an enthusiastic fan base right here in the room. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Hi, Pamela. They were like, do you know how to adjust a mic? I was like, I've got it. And now enjoy 20 minutes of me adjusting the mic. My God, Pamela, you, you wrote Moana. No, I don't, there was a team there's a of team. Experts. But come on, how many of them are here? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so in that case, just this one, just you this wrote one Moana, one. and as far as I'm concerned, uh, Listen, anything I else that I've hate enjoyed? To be a know-it-all right off the bat, but it's Moana. What? Yes. <laughs> so sorry. I was gonna it's terrible I'm way sorry, to not, begin not our in relationship. Chicago. Oh. Not in Chicago. No, not it's, in not, Moana. it's not Moana. Pimmy, Pimmy wrote Moana. J. Keith, white guy, screwed that up right off the gate. Moana. White guy screw up right there. It's more in your sternum, Moana. Moana. Yeah, you gotta right. look it. What's yeah. it about? I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, you're the one. <laughs> did, did you write lines for The Rock? Well, look, this is all complicated. Okay. <laughs> Let's let the union make us a termination. Yes, the union, it's the, yes. But um, he's a lovely man. Yes. He is huge. Yes. Mm-hmm. His arm is the size of this table. Yeah, I mean, wow. it's kind of his claim to fame. Right? Yes, yeah, but I mean, you know, you know someone's a large gentleman, and, but then you're like in a room next to them, and they're like, your head is the size of just this part. Wow. It's crazy. He's, he's like, I find him dreamy, so I would love to be in a room with him. He, he smells wonderful. <gasps> Well, I'll be like, like what, like what you want a motorcycle to smell like. (laughs) I said too much. That was one of the lines I wrote for The Rock to say. Actually, well, you continue to work on other Disney uh, animated uh, films. You're working on. You're working on a a sequel right now. Yes, I'm working on the Wreck It Ralph sequel that comes out next year. Wow. Well, obviously, I know you can't tell most people about what's in the screenplay, but obviously on a podcast you can, so uh, tell (laughs) us all the uh, secrets. Yes, I don't work for a litigious company at all. Oh, okay, let's move on to something else. Uh, You wrote wrote a comic book called Slam that is about roller derby. Yes. And there's a a reason that you know so much about roller derby, because... Yes, I was an L.A. derby doll. No way! Oh, Oh my gosh, that is so Oh, we were walking up here and we we're like, oh, it looks like I'm going to about. Like, this is, <laughs> this is the atmosphere. Wait, so you wore the knee pads and the elbow pads and the headgear and everything? <laughs> yes. Not headgear, but yes, headgear. Oh. Yes. <laughs> you are just, you just got 45% cooler in oh, my book. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, what was your, How many what, points is that worth? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's not official points. <laughs> but uh, uh, what, was your, what was your team name and what was your, you do character names also when you're on They're the derby. derby names. Yeah. Derby yes. names, excuse I'm, me. Uh, yes. Make You Holla, number $50. Okay. And uh, I skated for the Varsity Brawlers. Very wow. exciting. Wow. Did you ever get injured? Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I broke my tailbone first. <gasps> um, I have a torn PCL. Um, I almost fractured my jaw and um, but it was various wor- other things. But it was all worth it, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's so badass. Because now I have a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> well, the competition will be fierce, but hopefully not quite as violent tonight. Uh, let's give a nice hand to our guests, Pamela and Frank. <laughs> now, we've asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside of your field of work in which you feel you have expertise. Frank, you told us you know a lot about the Munsters, the original Batman TV series, and Broadway musicals. Because I'm gay. (laughs) I know a lot about those things also, and I'm not, so who's to say? All right. Uh, And Pamela, you said you know a lot about The Goonies, The Outsiders, and Beastie Boy lyrics. Yes. Okay. 
And, well, and we, I wanted to put roller derby on there, but I thought it would get me disqualified. <laughs> well, that, that actually is work-related for you, so yes, we, yes. we couldn't choose that one. All right, well, later on, we'll ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to take away some of those points. Now, up first is Frank. Frank, your subject today, time and space. Oh, boy. Nice and specific. <laughs> I've taken up a lot of both. Let's do this. But not as much as you did. Not That's as much. Right. Thank you. All right, Frank, here's your question to okay. ponder. Now, life is a series of ongoing events, of course, but what is the difference between continuous and continual? Continuous and continual. Continuous and continual. Continuous is something that keeps happening again and again and again. And continual is, is when it keeps, it's, it keeps happening, but it doesn't stop. Like it just, it's just like one long thing as opposed to little things that, are, that keep happening. Can you give us an example of, of something that would be continuous? I cannot. Okay. No. Right, yes. um, well, I asked the question and you answered, yes, and I appreciate thank that. thank you. So just to, just to recap, you feel that continual is something that's nonstop without any interruption, and continuous is something maybe that, that, that is ongoing but with periodic interruption. Yeah, I think, like, if, say, say? You, have a, you were fortunate enough to have an assistant and they kept coming in and asking you questions, that would be, he continuous, wait, continuously asked me to, Stuff that I don't want to tell him. <laughs> and continual would be one long question. That doesn't make any sense, but I'll stick with that. All right, I'm fair saying, enough. Uh, we have Frank's answer. We also apparently know that he deals with assistance. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that's just putting it, that's the, putting it out there, hoping for that to happen, like okay, television. Yeah. So I want TV career and an assistant. Oh, okay, me great, too. great. Well, you know, they say the, the first tenet of the secret is to say it on a podcast. Um, <laughs> All right, we have Frank's answer. We now we don't know if he's correct yet. Now, Pamela, if you think he's wrong, you can steal the points by giving us the correct answer. Do you think he's wrong? No, I think he's right. Oh, okay. It's either then. it's a sequence, a sequence of events, or an infinite amount of time. All right. Well, we can no longer continue with this discussion. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Something is continuous if it keeps going without interruption. Something is continual if it keeps going, but is periodically interrupted. Oh, so I was backwards. You were exactly the opposite. You were polar, and it was funny because you gave such a nice, succinct answer, but the polar opposite. Yeah, absolutely wrong. So, for example, you might have trouble sleeping on a plane because of the continuous sound of the airplane engines during the flight, or you might have trouble sleeping because of the continual disruptions of announcements and the crying baby and the guy that's trying to stick his hand up your... Okay, so I yeah. think we've made it very clear the difference between continuous and continual. So I'm sorry, Frank, uh, zero points for that, but you were very close in a way, and yet also very distant. Um, <laughs> up next, though, is Pamela. So Pamela, your subject today is labor. Oh. The question to ponder, both offer protections for workers, but in modern times, what is the difference between a union and a guild? A union <laughs> and a guild. Okay, I was really hoping it was about, like, labor. Uh, and then I could talk to you about gestation. Okay, what is the difference between a union and a guild? Okay. Or a C-section. No, no, we no, should really I've stick to the, the topic. No, I got the other one down. We should really stick to the topic in hand. Let's see, I am a member of the Writers Guild mm-hmm. and the Animation Guild, which is a part 
of the IATSE union. So if, ah. I do know that a guild can be in a union, so perhaps a union, I'm gonna be guessing, but I think <laughs> a union is a collected series of workers that, uh, that are underneath a protection and agreement where a guild might be um, a specification, like a, like, a cert, like a certain one, like, like a college is in a university as a guild mm. is to a union. Ooh, I was not expecting wow. the analogy. I wow. don't even know. <laughs> Double Cohen's in that one. Uh, all right. That answer was so sophisticated, I don't even know what that meant. Okay. <laughs> oh no, that's not a good sign. <laughs> no, no, we're The writer's it. guild is wordy. We're tracking it. All right, well, we do have Pamela's answer. Thank Wait, can, you. Can we get a clarification? Oh, so. yes, absolutely. I, be, I believe if, I'm, if I can uh, rephrase, sure. you were saying that a guild is maybe for a specific trade and, and a union is maybe the umbrella for several trades? Am I getting... Am I, yeah, because I don't want to put union, words in your mouth. The unions are for different industries, right? So your IATSE union covers editors, the, the, okay. the IATSE. They're all different parts of that, correct? And then the writer's guild are just writers. Okay, I see. So a union can have many guilds. Yeah. But a SAG guild AFTRA. Can only, but SAG AFTRA is a union for right. SAG and AFTRA, right? Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll take sure, care of it. I'm going to talk we'll myself out it. of it. Uh, all right, well, we do have Pamela's answer. Now, we don't know if she's correct yet. Frank, if you think she's wrong, you can steal the points by giving us the correct answer. Do you think she's wrong? Unfortunately, I don't think she's wrong. I think she's right. I oh. think a guild is, is people who, co- who all do the same craft, who all do the same, have the same expertise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're right. Oh, thank you. Oh, you guys oh. are so sim- simpatico. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really backwards. beautiful. A guild <laughs> is continual, and a union <laughs> is continuous. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Nice callback. All right, we have labored enough through this. Let's go to oh. Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Helen. Unions and guilds are both collective bargaining organizations, but the difference is that a union is for employees and guilds are for independent contractors. Yes, that is the difference. Yeah. The umbrella and the And the I have something to say the to colleges. the animation guild. <laughs> <laughs> I am a contractor. Yes, well, I'm sorry you're going to have to file a Take grievance. Take it up with them. That is, that's right. Now, guilds are much older, dating back to the Renaissance. Labor unions came about more during the Industrial Revolution as employees needed more protections. So, Helen, what is our score after the first round? Yeah, as much as I wanted to give you both points, you, you didn't get any. So, uh, <laughs> after the first round, Frank has zero points and Pamela has zero points. And believe me when I tell you, those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. SF Sketchfest is just around the corner, January 11th to 28th, and there will be plenty of Max Fun shows there to represent. We're bringing Judge John Hodgman on the 11th, Jordan Jesse Go with special guest Andy Richter on the 12th, Schmanners on the 14th, We Got This with Mark and Howe also on the 14th, The Greatest Generation and Friendly Fire Podcast Super Show on the 17th, Pop Rocket host Guy Branham's talk show The Game Show on the 19th, and One Bad Mother on the 21st. You can learn more about these shows and get tickets at MaximumFun.org slash SFSketchFest18. Get your tickets now.
welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Frank DeCaro with zero points and Pamela Ribbon with zero points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen Hong. Well, you could not ask for a closer game from yeah. our two guests today. <laughs> Frank, of your many interests, you told us that you know a lot about the Munsters, the original Batman TV series, and Broadway musicals. Yes. Today, we want to talk to you about the original Batman TV series. Oh, thank Yay! God. That's a fun one. Good, I like this one. You know, if it like... was Broadway, we, honestly, it was just, I, I, that was not my favorite topic. Okay, well, I'm glad we've got a favorite one. What, what, why is this one of your favorite topics? What do you like so much about the original 1960s Batman TV show? I've been watching Batman since I was four years old when it premiered on television. I watched it mostly when it was on in reruns, and I would take that TV tray, and I would leave my stupid family and go and watch television by myself. <laughs> wow. And they would let me do it. So I love them dearly for letting me go and do that. But I, I love Batman and Robin. Batman is my favorite hero of fiction when they do, you know they when they do that Proust questionnaire and you're supposed to come up with some very tony answer my answer for favorite hero is is always batman i yeah. I, I love him a lot but i do like the bright knight as adam west god rest his soul used to call that character uh, as opposed to the the darker interpretation oh he called it the bright knight after a while yeah he, <laughs> once he made his peace with the fact that everyone was always going to love him and, uh, as batman <laughs> there was that but i always wanted to to be a super villain on the show oh. and so that was my cuz that's what little gay kids think when they're watching that you think right i'd like to go and be egghead you know what, why and now egghead? i am apparently oh. <laughs> so it's fine i i have the look down dreams just, can come you know, true kids no. i would have loved to see you with a like a, a kapow or a bamboo yeah. Do you have any favorite episodes or, or moments from the show? Oh, God, which ones? I have a favorite villain. I like right. King Tut the best. I think Ooh. King Tut was... Victor Bono is so funny on that show, and, and I love him a lot. But, you know, there were episodes I didn't like when I was a kid that I was like, oh, I don't really like the one with, you know, Zsa, Zsa Gabor as Minerva. And I was like, you know what I kind of do now? <laughs> um, uh, I, it's, uh, it's fun. And I did... I made sure with the moment they offered... There's a T-shirt that says henchman mm -hmm. in the same font that they oh. use. Oh, I bought that so fast on the internet. <laughs> That's I, true. Well, are, are you a collector yes. of Batman uh, memorabilia? Uh, my childhood bedroom be, is full of is floor to ceiling Batman crap, and and I say it that way because it's my friend, a decorator, said to me. He said, "You have to display it beautifully because otherwise it's just a lot of crap." And I was like, <laughs> "I know, but I don't really want. I don't. I don't really want the original things. I like mass produced." Batman stuff. Mm. Ah. And now they're playing into the hands of people who watched it as children and making Batman 66 merchandise. So I just got, I got a three-pack today <gasps> of Riddler, King Tut, and Mr. Freeze. Ooh, the, the villain three-pack? The three-pack of the three. And it was, it's going to have to hide it from my husband because he'll kill me. Because <laughs> he always says, oh, save the box that came in because we're going to have to live in it someday. <laughs> so... All right, well, we're going to have a big expert-level question for you to ponder in a moment. But first, as if you have not shown that this is a legitimate interest of yours, uh, here are five trivia questions okay. about the original Batman well, TV series, right. each worth one point. Now, if you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints at any time among these five questions. Okay. Now, Pamela, listen closely, because if Frank answers incorrectly and yeah. you know the correct answer... I won't. You can steal... <laughs> you, you might. No. You might. If you gave me a trivia game on what he just said, and I, I would fail. <laughs> okay. 
Have you ever watched the original Batman TV? I don't think so. Okay, oh, well. Really? Oh, it's Frank, so this good. is your game to lose yes. then. Here we go. Well, let's see if I can. That's very true. Thanks, Jakey. All right, Frank, here's question number one. Okay. The entrance from stately Wayne Manor to the Batcave can be opened by a switch hidden in a bust of whom? William Shakespeare. Helen? That is correct. That is correct, of course. You were just oh, that more. was an easy one. Why, why was it Shakespeare, by the way? Do you know? The prop master liked that. Okay, sounds and good. Picked it out. No, sounds I don't good. know. Not an official question. No, I was I just know. curious. I wish I knew. Here we go. Number two. Viewers were encouraged to tune in at the same bat time on the same bat channel. But which channel? On what TV network did Batman originally air? I know this one. And Prove they it. did it. No, they did it because they they were willing to take chances because I believe they were third at the time. It was ABC. Ellen? That is correct. That is correct. The American Broadcasting Company. Doing very well, Frank. Here's Thank number you. three. Who was the only actor on the series to be nominated for an Emmy for their work on the show? I Ooh. think it was... Remember, you can ask for a hint. No, I just want to do it. Okay. <laughs> I think it was Frank Gorshin. Helen. That is correct. It was okay. Frank Gorshin. Wow. My youth was not wasted not so at all. far. <laughs> Fun fact, Frank Gorshin yes. was also nominated for a Cable Ace Award for the 1995 MTV Movie Awards. Oh, and, he, and he was on Star Trek, and he was half white and half black, but left and right, you know, not uh, a mix. Oh. He was. He was. So not biracial, just... No, just split right down split the middle. Right down that the middle. was it. I like it. Mm, like a cookie at Canners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, here's number four, Frank. You're doing good, very good. well. Okay. As you mentioned, the series was well known for its labeling, literally putting a label on various devices. Which one of the following was not an actual oh. labeled item in the Batcave? Here are your choices. Batostat anti-fire activator... Bat lubricating oil, bat terror control, or bat research shelf. <laughs> what was what? Again, it was Batostat anti-fire activator, yes. bat lubricating oil, bat Ooh. terror control, or bat research shelf. I'm going to say bat terror control. Helen? That is not correct. Not correct. Ooh. Pamela, now you have a chance to steal if you think mm -hmm. you know the answer or if mm -hmm. you know how to guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Pamela's bat face research right now. shelf. <laughs> bat research shelf. Helen? Because that seems funny. Helen? It is funny, but also not no. correct. No, I'm sorry. The no. correct answer was bat lubricating oil. No. Not in the version I saw it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I, I think I had the, uh, the home edition of the bat research shelf. Uh, it's fun to put things on yes, something. Yes, right? I'm, yeah. bad, I'm mad at both of us for getting that wrong, quite honestly. <laughs> They were a couple, and you're never going to convince me they were. So. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's the way it goes. All right, finally, I think, here's... I think even I thought so. Yeah. When I, yeah. I was like, uh, yeah. Here is question number five for you, Frank. Frank, five actors played villains who also won competitive Oscars. Do you understand the question? Five of the actors who played villains on Batman also won competitive Oscars. Name two of them. What's a competitive Oscar? Can I uh, in other words, they weren't, it, we're not looking for It wasn't a people. Thallberg Award. Exactly. It was okay. not a lifetime achievement. It was not yeah. given to the seven dwarves. Okay. Yeah. Two. Yes. What, one. Non-competitive. Oh, I think, can I have a hint? You may have sure. a hint, Helen. One won the year the TV series debuted. One of the actors won the year the TV series debuted. That. Help. Is this the fifth question? This is the fifth Can question. Can I have another hint, please? You may not have another <laughs> no, hint. No, I can't. Oh, it's only on that one question. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Two who... 
actors. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna say Ann Baxter and Otto Preminger. Helen, is that correct? Ann Baxter is correct, but Otto Preminger is not. Oh, so for a half point steal, <laughs> Pamela, would you like to guess another one? I, no, Eartha Kitt. <laughs> Was it Eartha Kitt? Eartha Kitt. No. What would she have won the Oscar for? Know. I'd love to know. I tell you, I know zero. Okay, he said fair Eartha Kitt at one point. Well, should we not give you the chance? <laughs> no, We're trying to help here. Lubricating All right, oil. no, I'm sorry. You do get a half a point for that. Can uh, I correct? guess again? Enough for points, just for one? Sure. Roddy that. McDowell. No, also All incorrect. Right, never mind. No, uh, uh, the, the, the Oscar winners were Shelley Winters, <gasps> who yes, won Ma it that Barker. year. She won Ma Barker. Yes. Uh, Art Carney. Cliff Robertson, Ann Baxter, as you said, and George Sanders all played villains and all won competitive Oscars. I can tell you who they played. Not important right now. That doesn't help. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but you did very well in that round. Let's give a nice hand for Frank DeCaro. But now, Frank, now here is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It's time for your cluster fact. <laughs> now, you may know this right away. You may need to think on it. The correct answer is worth up to three points. Of all the actors to play special guest villains on the 1960s series, only one of them also played a villain on the 1990s Batman the Animated Series. He did not play the same villain, though. So for up to three points, who was the actor, who was the villain he played in the 1960s series, and who was the villain he voiced on the animated series? <laughs> it's a tough one. Also, if you get it wrong, you will lose your house. Okay. <laughs> oh, my... Oh, that's a hard, oh, that's It tough. is, expert level. Lot, well, think, expert think about level. who was around in the 60s, who would have been around who for the 1990s. Who would still have been 90s. around. Mm -hmm. See, a nice question would have said, and then Mark Hamill played the Joker later, but that's not the question at <laughs> all. Or it could have been, oh, Ann Baxter played two villains. I could have done that question, too. Ah. Um, but that is not any of the, okay, now it'll be someone who was still around. And I wonder if it's the gentleman that I me mentioned before. I wonder if Frank Gorshin would still have been around. Okay, I'm going to try this, and I don't think it's right. But That's I'm the spirit. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to say it was Frank Gorshin, who had played the Riddler, who then voiced Hugo Strange. All right, those answers are locked in. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure if you are correct or not. Helen, who do we have? Here with us tonight, we have a TV writer whose credits include X-Men Evolution, Disney's Gargoyles, and Batman the Animated Series. It's Bob Skeer. Bob Skeer, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Bob. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Glad to have you here. Now, Bob, uh, now the animated series had a much more serious tone, obviously, than the 1960s series, but you were still inspired by the original series. Tell us how. Well, very much so. Uh, well, most of the people who worked on the series actually grew up on the Batman, the 1966 series, and, um, you know, we just loved it all to pieces. We were all giant Batman fans, which is why the animated series came out really well, because everybody there was just, you know, manically enthusiastic about it. They just loved Batman. <laughs> Um, and uh, it did continue the tradition, though, of having some wonderful guest stars come and voice uh, roles of villains. Uh, who were some of the people that, uh, that you remember being on the show? Well, one of my favorites was Michael Ansara, who played uh, Mr. Freeze. He, um, he had done a, a voice for The Outer Limits, uh, and it was a very, very sort of deadpan, sort of a very flat voice. Mm. And so when they created Mr. Freeze, they were like, we want a voice just like this, like what Michael Ansara was doing. And... Uh, why don't we call Michael and Sarah? <laughs> and he came in and he was great. And he did a bunch of episodes. And actually, I think he's the only villain from the Batman animated series who made the transition into Batman Beyond, 
which is completely outside what we're talking about. <laughs> well, let's get, to, <laughs> let's get to what we're talking about and why you're here tonight. You heard the question that we asked uh, Frank, which was uh, who was the only actor who played a villain on the 1960s series who also voiced a villain on the animated series, and what were those two characters? Helen, let's remind everyone of Frank's answers. Yes, so Frank said uh, the actor was Frank Gorshin, who played Riddler in the original series and Hugo Strange in the animated series. So Bob Skier, as our expert, is Frank correct? Unfortunately, he is not. Oh, not with any of those three. No, what is the correct answer? Well, the correct answer is somebody that he had mentioned earlier, and that was Roddy McDowell. Oh. Roddy McDowell was the bookworm in the 1966 series, and then when he was on the animated series, he was the Mad Hatter. Ah, sorry, Frank, not correct. But you, uh, you actually didn't get to work with Roddy McDowell on that episode, but you did get to work with him otherwise? Well, in, in a sense, I was one of the last people to play opposite him. Uh, he did an episode of Godzilla. He was doing a voice, and the actor who was playing opposite him wasn't there, so I went in to kind of slot the lines. So <laughs> I was in the booth with him. We ran you lines together. You were a placeholder Godzilla? I was, yeah, that's right, I was a placeholder. That's like the coolest Can you give us a little heard. of your placeholder Godzilla? Well, the thing is... Um, he was playing a villain, and I was playing one of the heroes, and his villain was a scientist who was avaricious and, and up to no good. And so my character was one of the heroes, called him out on it. And so he delivered one of his lines, and I delivered my line, and I was just like all indignant. And it was like one of these lines like, um, you're not in it for the science, you're in it for yourself. Ooh. And mm. I, I, I delivered my line. It was like, it was like I, I, I was channeling Stanislavski, mm. and I said my line, and Roddy McDowell looked over at me with what could only be described as pity. <laughs> Tell us about some of the things that you're working on now. In addition, I know that you, you teach animation writing as well. I teach at UCLA. I have an animation writing course there. And at the moment, I'm writing a couple of series for Netflix, one of which is called Super Monsters, which is a, a preschool series. And another one is uh, The Adventures of Tarzan and Jane. Uh, and my episodes aren't on either of those yet, but they're going to be available soon. The series are on. So you can look them up, but uh, but my episodes will be on very soon. Excellent. Well, we appreciate you bringing your expertise here, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Bob Skier. <laughs> All right, let's get a score recap from Helen. Halfway through this round, Frank DeCaro has three and a half points, and Pamela Ribbon has zero points. With a round of questions coming up for Pamela. All right, we're going to talk to Pamela about a topic she knows about. Plus, later, we'll power through some quick facts as we make our way to the final round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. We'll be back after this. Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And together we present Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. We explain the historical significance of everyday etiquette topics, then answer your questions relating to modern life. So join us weekly on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. No RSVP required. Check out Schmanners. Schmanners, Schmanners. Get it? Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Frank DeCaro with three and a half points and Pamela Ribbon with zero points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. All right, Pamela, you've got some catching up to do, and now's your chance to do it. Yeah. Of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about The Goonies, The Outsiders, and Beastie Boy lyrics. Mm -hmm. Today, we're going to ask you about 
The Goonies. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Are, are you relieved? Well, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> would you rather? Would you rather spit some uh, fresh dope uh, Beastie Boys lyrics? Like one of them has less of a chance of me humiliating myself. Oh, through there's rhyme no through humiliation rhyme. here on Go fine. Factor. It's fine. Well, t- first of all, tell us about how did you come to like the Goonies? My sister and I used to uh, put all of the names of the movie in a hat, pick them out, and then play the movie while we played it. We acted out the whole film. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Sort of like a video karaoke? Yes, we invented video karaoke. Okay. <laughs> all right. We were lonely. <laughs> Who's your favorite character? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I don't, well, you just, it was mostly like who doesn't want to be sloth? Oh, okay. <laughs> you could always win. <laughs> by not being sloth. And did you have a favorite part of the movie? Um, or do you now? Do I now? Look, that, that, that beginning is great when you get to meet them when they're up in the thing in the map. Look, you, let's not ruin all my questions. I only know five things. But no, um, uh, what, like, there's, what's not to love? The whole movie is awesome. Okay. Uh, like, the, down, okay, no, the best is, this dream right here, this was my dream, my wish, and it didn't come true. So I'm taking them back. I'm taking them all back. <gasps> That is Whoa. Corey Feldman. Wow. I just, I just got chilled. At the bottom of the well, you, he takes back you his were, you, you, you did a lot of reenacting. So I, I think my answer is, I like to be mouth. Okay. <laughs> you can tell us. Sorry. You can tell us. Uh, well, obviously, you, you memorized a lot of the writing of it. Did it inspire you as a writer? Do you, do you appreciate the writing of it now that you're a professional screenwriter yourself? Oh, absolutely. And also, The Goonies comes up pretty much every time I pitch something. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I can really shoehorn it in. I want to, so where does uh, the Goonies and Moana intersect? What they're on a journey, and whether or not you're going to give up the. What, it, does Moana not hold up a necklace <gasps> and decide whether or not this is her dream, her wish? Right. Smurfette in the lo- <laughs> like almost all my films at one point you're at the bottom of a well. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, we're gonna have a big expert level question for you to ponder in a moment. But yeah. first, to show again that this is a legitimate interest of yours, here are your five trivia questions about the Goonies, each worth one point. Okay. Again, if you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints among these five questions. Frank, again, you can steal if Pamela gets them wrong. Frank, how is your Goonies knowledge? I have never seen the film, and I lost the DVD that I bought because I lent it to someone and I don't remember who. <laughs> Pamela, I think you got a good Fair chance enough. to catch up. Yeah, Here's okay. your first question. What three-word phrase is shouted by Sloth when he slides down the ship's sail to save the day? Talk it out? Think it out? Well, okay, that's right. I'm supposed to think it out. Well, because originally I think it's Sloth love Chunk, but I'm not sure because that's when he is being the pirate and he's coming down the, the thing, and also who wants to be Sloth? And so, <laughs> um, like he's coming down. You do have a hint available if oh, you like it. Oh, uh, you know what? I'll take it. Helen, what is the hint? The hint is, it's also a catchphrase from the electric company. Hey, you guys! Helen! Oh, that is correct! That is correct! Wow! Excellent use of a hint. That's correct. All right, if it's not Baby Ruth, I got it. All right, here we go. Number two. The Goonies has four characters with the last name Fratelli. Name two of the actors who played a Fratelli. Oh, boy. Okay, so Anne Ramsey was one of the Fratellis. And... Joe, it's Joey Pants, whose <laughs> real name is Joe Pantoliano? Ellen. That is correct. That is correct. Two for two. You're getting a little strut, getting a little... Uh... Oh, no, that's just me. I was so ready for outsider's questions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shed all my Matt Dillon knowledge. All right, number three. Much of the plot of the Goonies revolves around finding the treasure from the pirate ship of One-Eyed Willie. Mm-hmm. What was the name of the pirate ship? 
What was the name of the pirate ship? Chester Copperpot went to find the pirate ship. He was a pro, and he never got this far. I'm really, we'll start at Act 2, and I'll get all the way to the name of the ship. Um, what is the name of I mean, I guess, if you recite the screenplay, eventually it should yeah, say the maybe. name of it. Who knows? Yeah. It could just be a visual. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have a fun fact about the ship. We'll do it later. But what, uh, I'll have my other hint. Helen, the hint, please. Here's your hint. Yes. It's the title of a sequel to The Da Vinci Code. Oh, boy. Where's my mom? Um, let's see. No, nope, nope. <laughs> That's not going to help. Crossbows and arrows? Ellen? That is not correct. Frank, good news, you have a chance to steal. The SS Lollipop. <laughs> Ellen? Also not correct. No, I'm sorry, the correct answer was the Inferno. The oh, Inferno. Yeah. I also would have accepted Angels and Demons. Yeah. No. Crossbows and arrows. All right, let's see how you do with this one. Okay. Number four, Steven Spielberg is credited with the story, but what other famous director of family films is credited as having written the screenplay? Oh, well, um, oh, maybe he's also the director, so it would be Richard Donner? Helen. Not correct. Oh. No, I'm sorry, not Richard Donner. Frank, would you like to steal? Uh, John Hughes. Helen? Also not correct. No, the correct answer was Chris Columbus. Oh, Chris I didn't Columbus. know Chris Columbus, yes. Got a little, yep, no. exactly. Director of such family films as Home Alone, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Rent. Yeah. And discovered America, but was not a nice guy about it. All right, here we go. Number five. At the end of the movie, Data tells of being attacked by an animal, a Mm -hmm. reference to a scene that was cut from the movie. That's right. What animal attacked the Goonies in a deleted scene? It's a sea monster. The octopus. The octopus was really scary, is what he says. Helen? That's correct. That's right. It was an octopus. Played by Martha Plimpton. No. (laughs) No, though I hear she was rather handsy. Um, All right, very good, Pamela. Now here is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It's time for your cluster fact. You may know this right away. You may need to think on it. The correct answer is worth up to three points. Okay. The Goonies were known by their nicknames, but the characters did have full names. Mm -hmm. For up to three points, what were the proper first names of Mouth, Data, and Chunk? Oh, gosh. Um, okay, so this is not my expertise here. Let's see, Chunk's real name. Just uh, the first name. Yeah, well, <laughs> first you gotta do the trouble shelves. It's what I have to do, it's just the lines to see if I can remember the characters' names. No, I, no, I can't even, I'm not gonna get any of these. How about three boys' names? Okay, all right, <laughs> let's see if Chunk is uh, like a, let's, let's just call him Charles. <laughs> Mouth, I feel like his name is, but it's, but this is the problem. I'm getting happy days in here, but is his name, oh man, I really call him when he's combing his hair. The mom calls him his name, and she mm. calls Data his name. It's when the mom's walking around and she's mad at them. That's right. And she says to, but who wants to be the mom? We didn't even do it. We just let her be there. <laughs> Nobody picked mom out of a hat. She's useless for this part. You know, there's a lesson in here. You've got to appreciate parents and what what? they do, huh? That's why we have the Bechdel test now. You give mom a name, uh, and you let her talk to a girl about not the boys. But let's see. Data, 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 data is what she calls him, but I don't remember, and so we'll just call him uh, Pete. And (laughs) because I'm so wrong. And then Ralph, we'll just say, is uh, uh, Matt. They're all wrong. So for Mouth, we have Matt. No. For Data, we have Pete, and for Chunk, we have Charlie or Charles. Charles. Is that what you said? I have a, who pick a wrong name? You got it. Okay, <laughs> very good. We're gonna find out if that's correct oh, because no. we haven't. Do you want to change your answer? No, it's fine. I just realized I forgot about the expert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. 
<laughs> He's never going to forget about you. Uh, we do have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have here? He is the co-founder of the entertainment law firm Cohen Gardner <gasps> LLP, and he also starred in The Goonies as Chunk. It's Jeff Cohen. Jeff Cohen, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Hello, counselor. Well, uh, I don't know what to, uh, how to respond to that answer. That's the, uh, well, first, no, Pamela, though, okay, in your defense, you have amazing taste in cinema. (laughs) (laughs) I think we can all agree that kind of the big three of American cinema, it's, you know, Citizen Kane, Casablanca, and Goonies. So, first of all, congrats on that. Um... It was a tough question. Yes. It was a tough question. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in a moment, but first let's, right. get to, let's get to know you a little bit. First of all, you do not look what I think most of us thought Chunk would look like when he grew up. Uh, I, I used to be a Chunk, now I'm a hunk. Yeah! Then, just thought of that. Mm-hmm. Just thought of that. Yeah, yeah never been right said there. before, never I'm been sure. Said uh-huh. before. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, well, my goodness, what was it like being on the Goonies? It looked like it was so much fun. It was great. I mean, you know... Uh, the Goonies was amazing. The tough part was kind of when, I mean, because you've seen the film many times. Uh, the, basically, there's a point in the movie where one group of the kids go together and they have a great time. Right. So it's like all the other kids are like going down water slides and, you know, rocks are going to drop on them and they're having fun and playing the bone organ every day. Uh, you know, I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're going on a, on a water slide. What are you doing today, Jeff? Uh, locked in the basement with sloth again. <laughs> so wow. so it was great, but you know there there were ups and downs. Tough life lessons yeah, as a for kid, sure. for sure. Now uh, others in the cast, of course, continued on uh, in the acting world. Yes, you, you chose to go into law. What was uh, behind that decision? Puberty. It's funny, oh. man. Like <laughs> y- you start off as a cute little chubby kid, then you yeah. get acne. You start looking goofy, and you got to figure it out. You got to figure something else out. I was very lucky um, in that. The director of Goonies, Richard Donner, uh, when I couldn't get work anymore as an actor, uh, he kind of took me under his wing. And I started working for Dick uh, and Lauren Schuler, uh, his wife, who's an amazing uh, producer, uh, as a production assistant. Mm. So I started working for Dick and Lauren. And, and then uh, when I went to Berkeley for undergrad, like every summer I would come and work uh, at Warner Brothers at their, at their offices. And then eventually got my first entertainment law job through Dick. Uh, and then started my own uh, entertainment law firm about 15 years ago when I had hair. It's a long, long time ago. But uh, yeah, it's, well, it's actually not bad because the, the upside of, of being an entertainment lawyer versus an actor is that I don't have to audition and I still get to go to the parties. So there's upside. It's okay. It's all right. And you've done very well. Yes. Oh, you've done Thank very well. You, you were you. named to uh, Variety's Legal Impact List and their Dealmaker's Impact List. And you actually wrote a book that I have here. Tell us about this book. The Dealmaker's Ten Commandments. Yes, thank you. Well, it's, it's funny you have a copy of that. The, uh, <laughs> yes. I've heard great thing about the Dealmaker's Ten Commandments published by the American Bar Association. Um, it's, it's a book that I wrote for the American Bar Association. It uh, came out last year. And it's kind of my uh, theory of like deal negotiation and kind of maneuvering in the entertainment industry. And I've heard you can get it on Amazon uh, and uh, the Kindle and the audiobook. If you want the, these beautiful pipes reading the book, if you're too lazy to actually read the book, I will read the book to you. I don't know. So. I don't think our audience likes to listen to things in audio oh, yeah. format. <laughs> yeah, um, all right. Well, let's get to the reason that we have you here tonight, uh, especially because we asked Pam this expert level questions about the Goonies. Uh, as a reminder, we asked her the proper first names for Mouth, Data, and Chunk. And Helen, let's remind everyone the answers that Pamela gave. Pamela said Mouth, Data, and Chunk were named Matt, Pete, and Charles. Jeff, is she correct? Um, 
Is there anything stronger than no? Is there anything stronger than... <laughs> You're the lawyer. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, okay, no, but it was a tough question. It's it was a, tough. It's a very yeah. tough question. So uh, the name uh, of Mouth was Clark, the name of Data was Richard, and the name of Chunk was Lawrence. Uh, Actually, Lawrence Cohen, my, my actual last name, which was is funny. Was that a coincidence? Or was uh, that you... total, total coincidence, but don't feel bad because I think we're going to, we have... Yes, we have one extra bonus question for you, Pam. Yes. Oh, so can, I, can you hand... Absolutely. Frank, could you hand me that? Thank sure. you. Pamela, it's okay that things didn't work out because you have an opportunity to redeem yourself. Now, if you get this special uh, Goonies question right, okay. you will win two things. Okay. Um, now, you know, no one likes Russian hacking but everybody loves Russian nesting dolls. <laughs> so this is a special oh Goonies-themed Russian nesting doll set. Oh, if you can get this question right, and okay. I will even throw in a copy of the Dealmaker's Ten Commandments. I know that's even more exciting <laughs> than the, than the Goonies you. nesting dolls. I didn't want to ask. The question is, it's an objective question. Oh. Who is the coolest Goonie? It is an objective question. There's nesting dolls no here. No pressure. The coolest Goonie is the one holding the nesting dolls. <laughs> yes, of that the is Goonies. correct. That is correct. correct. It's Chuck. It's Jeff Cohen. Thank you so much for joining us, Jeff. <laughs> All right. Oh, now, it's wonderful. And by the way, Jeff, if people want to learn more about your work, where can they go? Uh, they can go to uh, CohenGardnerLaw.com or check me out on Twitter, Jeff underscore B underscore Cohen. All right, let's get a score recap from Helen as we go into our final round. Frank DeCaro has three and a half points, and Pamela Ribbon has three points. That's right, this is still anybody's game with our final round coming up. We'll crown a winner when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Say, Helen, that's a kicky top you're wearing. Thanks, Jay Keith. I got it from XCVI. XCVI? Yes, XCVI. It's Roman numerals for 96. But why? Because the company was founded in 1996, and they've been making high-quality clothes ever since. Sounds expensive. It is. What? Jay Keith, although XCVI is headquartered right here in downtown LA, all their materials are certified fair trade. That may make the clothes more expensive, but it also means you're doing good while looking good. That's two types of good. Uh-huh. And you can save 10% by going to XCVI.com and using code HELEN at checkout. Offer valid through February 28th, 2018. You're a coupon. I sure am. XCVI. Fashion you can live in. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Frank DeCaro with three and a half points and Pamela Ribbon with three points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thanks, everybody. And now it's time for our final round, a series of 10 true or false statements about a variety of topics. We'll alternate between each guest and keep the discussion to a minimum. Helen will keep score, of course. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Are you ready, Pamela? Yeah. Are you ready, Frank? True. <laughs> it's already better. Here we go. Frank, the capital of Mexico is Mexico City. True. Correct. Pamela, the capital of Guatemala is Guatemala City. True. Correct. Frank, the highest grossing movie of 2016 was Suicide Squad. False. Correct. That's right, it was Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Pamela, Walmart employs over one million people in the United States. Oh, true. Correct. About one and a half million. Frank, United Airlines does not fly to JFK Airport. False. 
Incorrect. No, they ended service there in 2015. Pamela, the TV show Shark Tank is based on a Japanese show called Money Tigers. True. Correct. That's right. It was called Dragon's Den in the UK and Canada. Frank, Jan's sport backpacks were named for someone named Jan. And she was very sporty. True. Correct. That's right. It was the co-founder Janice Jan Lewis. Pam, Babe Ruth's real name was Bob. False. Correct. It was George Herman, but I like changing it from Bob Ruth to Babe Ruth myself. <laughs> Frank, Geraldo Rivera's autobiography was called Exposing Myself. True. Amazingly correct. And I have a copy from my personal oh. bookshelf right here. <laughs> and finally, Pamela, the sharper image sells a toilet seat with Wi-Fi. True. Incorrect. Oh. No, but it would be called the Wi-Fi, I would hope. All right, we're going to let Helen tabulate the scores. In the meantime, let's give a nice thank you to both Pamela Ribbon and Frank DeCaro, our guests on Go Factor Yourself tonight. All right, now it's the moment of Ruth. Helen, will you please reveal the winner of tonight's show? Well, Pamela Ribbon has seven points, but Frank DeCaro has seven and a half points. Oh, you could not ask for a closer game. Congratulations, Frank DeCaro. You are the facting champ on Go Factor Yourself. Uh, before we go, we want to give our guests an opportunity to plug any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Frank DeCaro, what do you have going on? You can find me all over social media uh, at Frank DeCaro Show, and also I will be touring with Lisa Lampanelli all over the country beginning in February. Frank DeCaro, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Pamela Ribbon. Uh, I have a graphic novel coming out in the spring called My Boyfriend is a Bear, and uh, you can buy my comic book Slam if you do like roller derby, but also please support the L.A. Derby Dolls and all their fundraising efforts. Thank you. Pamela Ribbon. <laughs> Helen Hong, what do you have going on? You can find my show schedule at HelenHong.com. Fair enough, Helen Hong. <laughs> and of course, I'm at J underscore Keith on Twitter, and the show is at GoFactorPod. That just leads me to thank Frank DeCaro, Pamela Ribbon, Bob Skier, Jeff Cohen, Helen Hong, everyone at Maximum Fun, everyone here at Angel City Brewery. Like I said, please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That's it. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night from Go Fact Yourself. Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like Daryl A. did. He said, funny, witty, and even informative. Thanks, Daryl A. Go Fact Yourself, a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton, comes to you via transcription from Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Christian Duenas. David McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Mike Avellanos, CJ Miller, and Dave Bianchi. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. I've been Helen Hogg. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.